Let's talk about being godly in everything we do. Welcome back to The Liz Show. There's a high chance you might hear my pup in the background today. We are kind of arguing right now. Um, I think he's winning. But nonetheless, today we are going to start to wrap up the series that we're in, The Characteristics of Faith. So the areas that you need to be diligent in to help grow your faith. It's a team effort. God's going to do most of the work, but you have your part. And that's what this series has covered is talking about the elements that you're in control of to a degree, right? So where you need to intentionally add to your faith. And just for a quick remembrance, we're focusing on the verse in 2 Peter 1 verses 5 to 7. And today we're wrapping up the sixth verse, which is, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness. That's what we're talking about today, perseverance and godliness. And to godliness, mutual affection and and to mutual affection, love. And that's the NIV translation. They're all a little different. But I'm really excited about today's episode because it's going to teach us how to be godly in everything that we do, which is the goal of being a Christian at the end of the day, or one of the goals. It's definitely not the only goal. Remember, perseverance is defined by Merriam-Webster Dictionary as continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. It's the action or condition or an instance of persevering steadfastness. I hope your perseverance in the Lord has grown since our last episode. Once you have that perseverance, the next thing you want to focus on is adding godliness. Man, I love the Bible. I love God. I love Jesus. I love the Holy Spirit. And recently, I am learning so much about God right now and how to think more like Christ and how to be more godly. And so I'm really excited about today's episode. And one thing that I think is absolutely brilliant is how brilliant God is. You know, I fall more and more in love with God, I think, every single day. And I hope you are saying the same thing. Now, the really cool thing about God is how... He is just so creative. He's so brilliant. You know, sometimes I'll read a verse or I'll hear how God is really wanting us to be, and it will remind me of something that psychology or neuroscience says. And so I just love how complimentary it all is, right? God's really the original author, but I love that science is catching up. Not really necessarily giving God the credit, but nonetheless... The pillars of neuroplasticity, which is the neuroscience word for renewing your brain, is all about adding. And what I love about this is this series is all about adding too. You know, the brain works best by addition, not subtraction. So one thing I tell my clients is we're not going to fix your old self. We're going to start to create your new self and walk into that because you'll get faster uh, transformation that way. And do you notice in all of these characteristics, these elements that God is telling us to do through Peter, he's encouraging you to focus on adding something to your walk with Christ and not fixing old behaviors. It's brilliant. It's like he knew exactly how to help us be more like him, which of course he did, right? He's the creator and author of everything. Now, you can only renew your mind by adding Yep, that's right. In case you missed it, I'm going to say it again. You can only renew your mind by adding. It's about adding biblical, Christ-like mentalities and understanding and verses to yourself. It's about seeing yourself as God sees you, which requires you to get a new vision 
and even opinion about yourself. Some people have the worst opinion about themselves. I mean, it's horrible. It's like, oh, you really think you're that awful? Like, that's so heartbreaking. And I get it. I've been there. I mean, over 10, 15 years ago, I had a horrible self-esteem as well. But when you see yourself as God sees you and you accept what God says about you, it's amazing what can change. So if you're smart, you're going to start to accept God's opinion, regardless if you necessarily believe it. Sometimes you have to accept it and choose to confess it. And in time, the belief is really formed. But today we're going to really drill down on how to add godliness to your walk with Christ. Now, Paul emphasized that godliness as being a virtue which should characterize the life and conduct of the believer. If people look at you and they can't tell if you are a believer, if they can't tell that God's dwelling inside of you, I'm going to be honest, you're missing the bar here. You're giving us Christians a bad look, right? You really want to make sure that you're representing godly behavior in all that you do. And I'm not saying be perfect about it. I'm just saying be intentional and conscious about it. I fall short. I got reprimanded the other day by the gas attendant because I went the wrong way to get gas. Um, when the uh, first pump I went to didn't work. And so I just like quickly did a U-turn and nobody was there. So I figured it wouldn't be that big of a deal, but he reprimanded me. And um, I just put my headphones back on because I was like, oh my God, get over yourself. So I obviously probably maybe didn't do the best job of representing Christ. I'm not really sure how, how he would have navigated that situation. But nonetheless, my point in sharing that is do your best, be intentional. Always ask God to help grow you or do, do a better response in the future. Believers, people in real fellowship with God is what I'm referring to as believers, think, speak, and act differently. Those who are all in to God's kingdom are the ones that are easy to tell if they live for Christ. Can I get an amen on that one? The word for godliness here is the Greek word eusebia. I can't say it. Eusebia. It's something like that. It's E-U-S-E-B-E-I-A. I suck at speaking English, so don't expect me to speak Greek. And it was the primary word for religion, and it referred to a person's correct attitudes toward God and people. And it really, or usually at least focused on the obligatory duties of the religion. But for us, for Christians, it actually means way more. So you have to remember that when this was being written, they were really trying to um, get some of the cultures to start to pay attention to the way God was thinking. And so they would use the Greek words that would be more of their understanding to kind of get points across. God's not about keeping the laws, but relationship. It's one thing that annoys me about church today. Some churches are all about law keeping, like especially Catholicism. Like, no, that's not how it's supposed to be. It's all about a relationship, you know, and I can tell you from my relationship with God, like, wow, best relationship I have is the one with the Godhead. Now, Paul uses the word to describe an awareness of God in all of life. So that's the what he's meaning by that word, Eusebia, or however you say it in Greek. Because to have that awareness in all of life, there are obligatory elements you must hold up. And what I want you to do is see these obligatory elements as a framework. It's a framework that is a lifestyle that will exemplify Christ and is empowered by him. You must have a right relationship or a righteous relationship with Christ, but also with fellow believers. Godliness is marrying Christ in all we do. 
So where are you not mirroring or responding or having the attitude of Christ in certain situations? Because those are the situations God's using to test you, to grow you before he gives you the provision that he wants to give you. So pass the test. And if you flip to Romans 8.10, it says, If Christ lives in you, though your natural body is dead because of sin, your spirit is alive because of righteousness, which he provides. Our lives must be like God. We should crave and desire to be holy in all things. And it's not like you have to do this on your own because you are righteous because of him. He will help you. So the question is, are you going to lean on him? Are you going to accept his ways? Are you going to be stubborn? Many of us in the kingdom are a slave to sin. You know, we're, we're living by our old nature, our old desires. Yet Romans 6, 6 says, We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. You don't have to be a slave. In fact, God doesn't want you to be a slave in his kingdom. He wants you to be a son or a daughter. He really loves sonship. So if you know your your sinful old man is dead, why are you still living in it? It's kind of funny, and go with me because I'm going to try to make a joke. It might not work, but... If you're afraid of ghosts and you're living in your old ways, then you're afraid of yourself (laughs) because you're a ghost. So you have to be afraid of yourself. Okay, maybe that fell short. But nonetheless, my point is saying like, you know, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you confess that with your mouth, you are reborn. And at some point you got to say enough's enough. I'm going to learn how to walk new creation in my new creature, in my new man, in my new spirit. And to do that is to walk the same line that Jesus did, have the same thoughts, have the same perspective, same belief, same mindset. You know, recently I was on one of my prayer walks and I had this revelation and I was like, oh, this is brilliant, God, thank you. And the revelation was Jesus never once prayed for his necessities or worried about them. He just knew his father was going to help him and, and, and provide them for him. Yet I know so many people today who are like begging God for necessities when God's really waiting on them to step up to the place of where those necessities are going to be completely offered. And if you continue on Romans 6, verse 7, it says, For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because of Christ was raised from the dead, and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory to God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. For you to be dead to the power of sin, you have to see yourself alive to God through Christ. You have to stop giving the devil power over you and and believing in his condemnation ways. You have to see yourself only as God sees you. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. And when you do that, oh my God, the freedom you're going to walk into is going to be unbelievable. So I'm really excited for you. Now, when you're able to implement this godliness character into your life, you will live by such a supernatural quality in your conduct that others will be immediately aware that you are a child of God. And that is cool. Plus, like, man, the joy that I have every single day from partnering with God is just there are no words. There are no words. Like, I, I don't really remember who I was prior to really living the way God asked us to live, but I know that my life's a thousand times better. Now, in case you aren't convinced, Paul tells us 
in 1 Timothy 4, 8, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Woo! Man, there's some really good benefits when you're godly. Who wants those benefits? I do. I do. I'll choose. Pick me. I want the favor. I want all of God's favor. Uh, and I hope you do too. The only way to get godliness manifesting in your life is through spiritual training. I don't know about you, but I work out five days a week, sometimes more. I'm in the gym every morning between 6 and 6.30 a.m. Sometimes I'm early if I can wake up early. And I train my physical body. I also train my mind. I go on prayer walks and I make sure I recite what my identity is and who I'm becoming. I'm very focused with my training. And I'm also really focused with my spiritual training. And what I've learned over the years of being an executive coach is a lot of people are not focused on their spiritual training when yet most of their issues are a result of lack of spiritual training. They wanna say it's psychological or mental health issues, but I promise you that most of the psychological issues in the world today are actually spiritual issues. And we know through neuroscience that our hypothalamus can actually pick up on spiritual conflict. So spirits are real. The spiritual element of life is real. Now training emphasizes the point of spiritual development. And, he, and what Paul is telling us is this does not happen by chance. It's not going to happen by being passive, but proactive. You know, my, my boyfriend, soon to be fiance, I'm really excited about this, is retired Delta. And he is just unbelievable. I mean, he's truly a warrior. He thinks like a warrior. You know, when I was studying champion psychology, it's just insane that he's like a walking champion textbook. But it's awesome to hear his stories. And he was one of the youngest guys to ever enter, enter Delta. And he has told me so much about how much they would train. And it was condition response, condition response, condition response, right? Like they'd shoot a thousand rounds a day because the goal was to get everything to be second nature. You have to do the same thing with your spiritual training. You know, when you are condemning yourself or speaking hate over yourself, you have to catch that and start to say, no, I'm a child of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You have to start to train your perspective to be God's perspective. Um, there's a verse in Corinthians. I can't remember the address right now. I want to say it's like 2 Corinthians something 16. So hmm, maybe I helped you a little bit. But it says that we have the mind of Christ. And then there's a verse in 2 Corinthians, I think it's 10.5, that says, you know, if there's a thought, I want you to take that captive and bring it into obedience to Christ Jesus. Meaning if something contradicts Jesus, which is truth, then you put it in its place. But so many of us are allowing the world to control our thinking. You have to train your spiritual mind. You have to do it so that you always think in it. Just as an athlete or a soldier is focused and committed to constantly training, refusing to let up, but always striving to be the best that they can be and always improving, you as a believer have to do the same. And when you get serious about your spiritual training, you will grow and you will grow faster than you probably are even expecting to. Make sure you aren't sidetracked by false teachers. There's a lot of false teachers out, out there. I won't name names because this is where I'd rather the Holy Spirit give you insight, but there's a lot of psychologists and famous people talking about God and they're admitting they're atheist um, or still are struggling with atheism and they're talking to you about Christ, that would not be someone I would encourage you to learn from God. I'm just going to be honest. If you are like, oh yeah, I kind of believe some of the Bible, but not all of it, like run from that teacher as fast as you freaking can. The bottom line is godliness means correct behavior and genuine Christian faith. However, first in the heart is where that faith has to be cared and nurtured. 
And that's what God's going to do, but also in the visible expression according to the standards of God's word, which is where you're going to have to start to implement that with God's help, of course. Now, it takes tremendous self or God control, continual work and commitment day by day as you strive to please God. And I don't really like the word striving, but as you intentionally are in relationship to do as God is asking you to do, to be obedient despite our sinfulness and weakness, but remember, you have to remember that God doesn't see you as this sinful creature. He doesn't. He sees Jesus inside of you. And that that's perfect, right? He sees perfection. Now, in closing, let me ask you, what are you doing right now to spiritually train yourself up to be that warrior for Christ? I don't know if you guys are aware, but the world's going to shit. We need more warriors for Christ. Are you going to be brave enough to step up to the plate? Because I really hope you will. And I promise you that the life to come is going to be way better than the life of now, assuming you make it to heaven. And what you do today is what's going to prepare for your eternity in heaven. And there's going to be a lot of Christians, I believe, who say they're Christians. They proclaim they're Christians, but they actually don't do anything in the Christian walk. And I believe, just like we see in the gospel, that Jesus will turn them away. Today is the day to harness your future and eternity by choosing to be more obedient. With that said, let's pray. Father God, I just ask that you reach every single person who is listening, and I just ask that you tug on their heart and soften their heart for them to fully enter into the kingdom of God, to do life the way you want us to do it. I ask that you renew their minds and renew their hearts, Father God. I ask that you just prepare them up to be the strong Christian that you are wanting. And I ask that there is just a intimacy in your relationship with them. I ask that their eyes are awakened and opened so that they see clearly and they hear profoundly what you're saying. Father God. I just ask that you guide them in everything that you do and teach us how to be godlier in everything that we do. Father, use the Holy Spirit to just tug on us, to show us opportunities of where we can step further into that godliness and allow your light to shine through us more and more. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys for listening. If you like this episode, please share it to one friend. Please write me a review. That would mean the world to me. And make sure you connect. Have a good one. Bye.